Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey everyone, this is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this is The, the Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Okay, Brad. Yeah. I can say with 1000% certainty that this episode is my favorite episode. Ah, Aperol. An Aperol spritz. Yes, this is my cocktail. This is it. This is who I am. It's not where I started, but it's where I just feel so safe and comfortable. And I absolutely love this cocktail for a couple of reasons that I know we'll get into throughout this episode. All right. Do you want me to get into it now? Yeah, you've got to say your reasons. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Where do I start? So the Aperol spritz, it's three ingredients, right? You have your Aperol, you have Prosecco, and you have soda water. That's true. And some will, some cocktail aficionado purists, they're going to look at me and tilt their head and be like, huh, I don't really see that. But I see it as... I'm just saying, I know that there's going to be people out there because I'm going to make a bold statement that I think with the Aperol Spritz, you have as much creativity as an old-fashioned. Oh, all right. That caught my attention. Right. All right. So I'm, I'm going to break it down and, and even in the tip section. So we'll get into the recipes. We'll get, I'm excited about the history, Brad. But for my tips, I want to get into what is Aperol. Let's kind of have like a breakdown of this bitter Italian liqueur. And for me, from my understanding, Aperol is just an Amaro. So when you break it down that way, go to BevMo and start looking at the Amaro section. It's growing. It's definitely growing from the last couple of years, which is super exciting because with an Aperol spritz, you can switch up the Amaro you want to use. It doesn't have to be Aperol. Some Italians, hey, I have Italian roots. I get it. They're screaming. They've turned off the episode. That's fine. But I think that you could really have nah, a lot of creativity. They still listen. Just listen. You can have fun with this one. And I, having loved the Aperol Spritz so much, with my twist, I'm not even using Aperol in my cocktail today. What are you using, Capaletti? I'm using Chenard. 
Oh, 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 oh. Yes. move. I, I know. And for those I wondering, dig what it. the hell is that? It's an artichoke based tomorrow. Freaking. Oh, you I, know what? I think that's why I know. It's Got a bottle it's right here. Mm-hmm. Got a bottle right here, yeah. Like and and that's the thing. I, I get excited about this because it can really let you explore with a neutral palette, kind of like an old-fashioned, the beauty of Amaro. And you can really understand the flavor with the spritz because you, you can use Prosecco. You could use sparkling wine. You could use champagne. You can use sparkling water. You can use tonic water. I mean, there's so many different ways you can kind of play with the bubbles and the Amaro here to to really kind of figure out the flavors you like, if you like it more sweet, if you like it more bitter, if if you don't want to use the bitterness at all and you want to go AWOL and use lemoncello for a lemoncello spritz. I just, I think the beauty of an Aperol Jules. spritz, I know. My eyes are opening. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> I my told God. you this is my favorite. I think the beauty is that three to one ratio, which is three parts Prosecco, two parts Aperol, one part soda, do with that what you will. All right. Well, there you go. Fast forward. We can go right to the history. Ooh. <laughs> I get so excited about I love this cocktail. And I think for anybody getting into cocktails, this is a great way to start. <laughs> I have to take off my jacket. I'm getting I know. Hot. Seriously. I'm like, watch you take oh off my your jacket. Oh, my God. I'm so passionate. <laughs> All right. <sighs> okay. So, Brad, that's my Aperol spiel. A spiel it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I digress. I got to ask you a question. When did you first start getting into Aperol? Well, we all know by now, if you've listened since day one, my first cocktail was the one that you showed me how to make, which was the sidecar. But when I studied abroad in Italy in 2016, I mean to tell you, the spritz effect is a thing. And if you've never heard, you're thinking, what is the spritz effect? Brad, do you know what the spritz effect is? No, I'm listening. Wow. Okay. The spritz effect is when you see someone sitting down, whether it's an early lunch, an early dinner, outside in Italy with a spritz in their hand, and you're sitting down at the table next to them and you say, you know what? I'm gonna get a spritz. And the table next to you does it. And it's just this domino effect and it's called the spritz effect. Really? Uh Now, I, at one point in my life, don't laugh, but this was like paying my way through college. This is years ago. I worked at Applebee's of uh-huh. all places. Oh, yeah. yeah. People are oh, like, yeah. oh! Well, you know what? Got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we'd bring out fajitas and all of a sudden, like, every table around that table would eat fajitas. So uh-huh. I can see the spritz effect happening, especially when you look at Aperol, like an Aperol spritz. Dude, it's like bright orange. It is just look big slice of orange in there. Of course, people are going to want to drink that. Like, what is that? I want that. It, it just, it looks so inviting. It's such a great... Great drink. I, yeah. I love this drink. Me too. I'm super stoked that we're covering it too because people might think it's just an Aperol. No, it's more than that. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, I haven't made one in a while. So I obviously whipped one up here for the show. I've actually had mm-hmm. two now because I tried it with Capoletti and I tried Ooh. it with Amaro. Yeah. Okay. Which did you prefer? I'll tell you, I, I actually prefer nothing on Capoletti, but I preferred the Aperol. Yeah. I mean, they're not that really spirit forward. So the fact that I'm <laughs> swapping words out, it's a little bit odd, but but yeah, no, I, I, I like the Aperol and I'll tell you why, Jules. The Aperol to me was more orangey. Okay. Where the Capoletti was a bit 
closer to a not. So for those of you who are like, I don't like Campari, don't go there when I say this, but the Capaletti was closer to a Campari where it was more on the bitter side mm-hmm. than the orange side. I have a sweet tooth. So I yes. like the Aperol version, but if you are one that like maybe doesn't like things so sweet, then you'll probably like the Capaletti version. Yeah. Both were awesome. So don't don't get me wrong. I will drink the hell out of the Capaletti version. Yes. <laughs> which is what I'm actually doing right now because I ran out of Aperol. Oh, yeah. I go through those bottles. Let me tell you, like, it's it's the toilet paper COVID 2020, literally. That's how <laughs> that's how Aperol well, is. And the thing there. is, is that Aperol, it won't go bad. Mm-mm. But once you open the bottle, you got about six months before it starts to lose its punch and flavor. I thought you were going to say, you got about six glasses of yeah, spritzes well, in one bottle. That's true too, because I will full on goonie goo goo this thing right oh, into man. a glass. I <laughs> Just eyeball fill it now up. at this point. I'm like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Just eyeball it. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, this this cocktail is great. And I, I mean it. I If you're trying it, because it is a wide world of Amaro's, and I feel like a lot of people are stuck on that Campari and Aperol, and, and that's great. But I think that this is a fun cocktail where if you want to try something different, switch it up. Go to the yeah. Amaro section in your liquor store and try something new. Yeah. And by the way, like, go to the Amaro section in your liquor store and explore the Amaro's. I mean... Yeah. They are so great just in a glass on their own with a little Mm -hmm. ice. You can spritz them. You don't have to spritz them. I'm telling you, this is a category that is underappreciated and really not really understood very well. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say before we get into the recipes, make sure to stay until the end of this episode because I'm going into what Amaro really is. And I think what's really important is three substitutions for Aperol, and three for Campari that you can go out and try. So stay for the end of that so you can get those names and try some out. All right, I'm excited for that. Let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. Now, Brad, normally when I get very excited about a cocktail, which I know does sound like every week, but this one in particular, I, I, <laughs> I normally would like to go first, don't get me wrong, but I do think that this one is so, so, so important to understand how to make it the right way first. And Brad, who better to show us how to make an Aperol spritz? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. Hey, you got this. You got this. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I'll take it from here, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. What people don't know <laughs> is that Jules is laughing because it dawned on me <laughs> that I have been making the Aperol spritz wrong for so many years. <laughs> and it, it's three, two, like, look, the formula, it's three, two, one, right? Yeah. Three, two, one. Yeah, and we were on the same page there. I was like, yes. Totally, yeah, no, it's three, two, one. <laughs> However, for years, I have always been, oh, it's three parts Aperol, two parts Prosecco, one part soda water, <laughs> which is good. Right. It's really good. Right. Like, I've, I haven't had any complaints. and. So happens, I like the flavor of Aperol. Right. Thank God. However, three parts Prosecco is what it should be. That is be. it. Mm-hmm. Two parts Aperol, one part soda water. Soda water is like over here like going, dude, told you. Yeah. Like I've been here the whole Oof. time. One part yeah. over here. One thing stays the same. That's me. One part. You got that right. Anyway, I got to tell you, holy smokes. It's like 
So good. Yeah. Like you have them right next yeah. to each other. So we were off. Uh, we weren't recorded yet, but we, we were talking about it. But now that we're recording, share your thoughts. Now that you have the one with more Aperol and the one without, what are you, what are you getting? So the one with the extra Aperol, it's a little heavier mm-hmm. than the one without. <laughs> now, Ap- Aperol just, it's, it just, it has weight to it. It's not super viscous. It's not like simple syrup, but it just has a little weight to it, right? Whereas when you lead with the Prosecco, which is what everybody should do, by the way, it's freaking delicious. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. And and listen, <laughs> let's let's talk for a second about what makes a good Aperol spritz. For starters, it's getting the proportions correct. But the other thing is Prosecco. I've I've bagged on Prosecco in the past, and I shouldn't bag on Prosecco as a category because there's really wonderful Proseccos out there. And there's a time and a place for them. And, and I think that this is one of those few cocktails that that it's right. Yeah, just, just like there's cheap champagne and there's cheap Prosecco, that stuff can make a difference, yeah. right? To some, mm-hmm. maybe not to others. If you want a really good Aperol spritz that's not going to give you a headache because it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying if you drink 100 of these things, you're not going to get a headache. Get yourself a mid-range Prosecco and a brute Prosecco. So it's got to be dry. And I got this Prosecco from a little local bottle shop. It's a little, they like do brands that you wouldn't normally find in a, in a local liquor store. Now, the American way you'd look at it, it's Villa Degli Olmi, or if you say it in Italian, it's Via Degli Olmi. Yeah. Via Degli Olmi. That's pretty yes. good. Okay. Why don't we go hang out at the Via Adeglioni and drink a Prosecco or an Aperol Spritz? Anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. Hey, there, whoa, bud. whoa. You don't have the Italian roots. I do. Come on. That's Jersey. <laughs> I do like Italian food, though, you know? All right. So let me tell you that this Prosecco is great. So you get yourself a big wine goblet, chalice, holy grail, whatever you want to drink it out of. It doesn't matter. It kind of does if you want it to look nice. So... Three ounces Prosecco, two ounces of Aperol. You could also use Capaletti, uh-huh. which if you'd like it a little bit more bitter than sweet, use Capaletti. And then one ounce of soda water over ice in your glass. Garnish with a slice of orange and just give it a little stir. And that's it. Yeah. You're off to the races. And you can drink a lot of these and enjoy yourself with company without like getting too like over your skis. Well, because it's a lower ABV. It is, yeah. So good. It's so good. It's one of my all-time favorites. And literally spritz season, well, I think people should know by now, but I am certified by whom you might ask? By myself. Certified CEO of spritz season. That's me. That's me. Because guess what? I will I will plus one that. Yeah. I love it. There's something about it, the spritz effect. And so speaking of the spritz effect, anytime I see a spritz, I have to order a spritz. And for my cocktail recipe, I'm going, I'm obviously going to make a different spritz, but it's not my spritz, which I know is rare. I don't normally do this, but I took myself on a date over the weekend. Eric was out of town. So I just, you know, I wanted to go to this new Italian restaurant here in San Diego, and I hadn't been able to get a reservation for two it's always booked. And so I had no plans. I was by myself. And I thought, I'm going to just go to this restaurant because if I've learned anything, it's that if there's no reservations, there's always a seat at the bar for one. 
So I went and it's this Italian restaurant in San Diego called Seneca. Beautiful. You can see the whole San Diego Bay. It's it's gorgeous. Their food's great, but they have a whole spritz section of I think four or five spritzes on their cocktail menu. And that is what I wanted. I, I wanted to go there and try their spritzes. And I had a spritz that was so delicious that I had to recreate it for this episode. It's called the Como Spritz, not my recipe, but I don't have the recipe. So this is my best way to recreate it. It's delicious. And it's a very perfect for the summer because we're using passion fruit in this. Ooh. So let me walk you through. I know. So let me walk you through how I made this to recreate this cocktail from Seneca. So we're using Shinar. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull out our cocktail shaker and we're going to add in an ounce and a half of Shinar. And Shinar is a artichoke amaro. You can't really miss it. It's green lettering, artichoke, and it's there's red in there. You'll, you'll see it at the store. An ounce and a half of that. Three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. And then we're doing a half ounce of a passion fruit syrup. Now, you can use syrup or you can be a little boozy like me. And I have Chinola here, which I hope I'm saying that right, but it's a passion fruit liqueur and it is so delicious. It tastes just like a passion fruit syrup, but there's booze in it. So I did that instead, a half ounce of that. And then add ice, you're gonna shake. And then what I did is I grabbed my final stemless glass. I poured over ice about three ounces of Prosecco and then I double strained my mixture in there and I gave a splash of soda water. Garnish with a lemon slice, garnish with some fresh mint if you want it. But that is what I recreated as the Como Spritz. And I have to tell you, if you're looking to dabble in something very different, but still super refreshing, spritz-like, it's summer, this cocktail is so so, so, so delicious. Now, I will say I could probably only have two of these because it is on the sweeter side, and there's something to be said about you can have like five Aperol spritzes. So maybe start with this one and then move to the spritz, but I highly, highly, highly recommend if those flavors sound good to you to give this a try because it's delicious. Yes. There you go. That's my spritz. I like it. I know. I like it. Brad, I was going back and forth. I had a couple of recipes. I have like a tropical spritz where it's like super easy with mm. pineapple juice. And I was like, oh, come on. And then I was thinking about doing a frozen Aperol spritz. And I was like, uh. And then I had this spritz over the weekend. And I was like, I got to share this. So moral of the story, the spritz effect can go in a lot of different directions, which is very exciting. There's no wrong answers with the spritz. Even if you mess up your proportions— how fast? Still going to taste good. Yeah, I think uh, I think we found the name for the podcast this week, The Spritz Effect. Yep. So there you go. Okay, well, more importantly, I'm so excited to hear about the history of this cocktail. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right. Now, I know that this cocktail is by far the most, what, wait, whoa, whoa, one of the, one of the, let me just say that now, the most popular cocktails in Italy. One of the most popular. So we know it started in Italy, but let's get down to the history. And I'm really excited to, uh, to get this lesson from you, Brad. Aperol, which was invented in 1919 by two brothers after seven years of experimentation. They, they inherited their father's liquor business and then they started experimenting. It took them seven wow. years to come up with the perfect combination of herbs, rhubarb, sweet and rhubarb, by the way. Did you know rhubarb is in Aperol? I did. Okay. Because if you uh, if you wait for 2024, there might be a book coming out that's going to have a non-alcoholic version that uses rhubarb because I knew oh. it was in there. Yeah. 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 I'm just kind of a segue here. You know, we were talking about Dash Fire bitters. It's just a little local distillery, and they've got these awesome bitters, and they're like I think 26 states. Yeah. They have a rhubarb amaro. Oof. It's called I think it's called rhubarbo or something like that. Oh my god. It would like jewels. I've got to get you a bottle and I gotta send I gotta you out. Fly a out. Of yeah. Oh my God. I'm telling yeah. you, Jeez. it's such a beautiful drink. So Aperol has rhubarb in its recipe. It does. It does. It also has quinine and gentian, which looks like gentian. I thought it was genetian. Uh-uh. Gentian. No way. Yep. No way. I've been saying that wrong too. I thought it was genetian root. Nope. It's gentian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, it's cool. Like, come on. We can't know all the things all the time, right? Gentian. Fun fact. I did Google that to make sure I was saying it right. <laughs> well, I know. Gentian. I know when you correct me and you're like, no, that's how you say it. I'm like, oh, shit. He looked it up. Oh, well, listen. I mean, I screw up too, right? Yeah, which, okay, gentian is good for your stomach. So Luigi and Silvio Babbiati, mm-hmm. those are the brothers that came up with our beloved Aperol. And they named Aperol after the French slang word for aperitif, which is apéro. That's cute. Two brothers, seven years. Oh. Seven years took them. Uh-huh. Paid off. Yeah. Sure did. All right. So this stuff got launched in 1919 at the Padua International. Padua. Padua. Sorry, I keep wanting to say Padua. So it's like someplace in like Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm from Padua, Oklahoma. It's like saying Genesian. <laughs> 1919, there was the Padua International Fair, which included an exhibition dedicated to food, 
travel and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Sounds Italian. It sounds like something Italians would do. And so this bright orange uh, liqueur is making its way around the fair and people are like loving it. And so back then you would go to, is it Novara where Campari is from? And they drink Campari and they drink Campari in Venice, which isn't far from Padua. But in Padua, they drank Aperol and it was a regional favorite and people would come and they would just dive in on the Aperol. So Aperol's popularity didn't really spread around Europe until like after the World War II. And I don't know if that's because soldiers brought a taste for it back home, kind of like what happened with absinthe. That, make, that would make sense, right? Or maybe it was this series of commercials. So Italian television had this interesting concept. They really, they didn't embrace advertising the way American television did. They did these things called carousels. Mm-hmm. And carousels are they called caroselos, caroselos, caroselos? How is it the L? Is it the Y? It's the Y. L. Anyways, carousello is short three-minute humorous sketches, which are commercials. And so they would do like little skits. And Aperol's got a skit where it featured this absent-minded professor. I think he was like speaking Italian, so I don't, I don't speak Italian. But it's kind of funny. It's just interesting to see like that's how they they advertise this stuff. Whatever the case may be, this stuff spread across Europe. And you can imagine people are sitting tableside along the French Riviera. They're sitting in Monaco. Like this stuff was the swankiest of swank and you drank Aperol, but it wasn't in the United States yet. And this stuff kind of laid low as far as like the United States is concerned. And I want to say, and I was trying to verify this and it was hard to, I don't think Aperol made it to the United States, Jules, until 2006. No way. I know. It doesn't feel like that could be true, but I haven't been able to find anything short of like actually- you know, it kind of from Aperol. Well, kind of. I think it may have because Campari, which was, yeah, what do you got? Well, I went to, so I studied abroad in 2016. And I remember coming home, like, have you ever heard of- Aperol spritz, and nobody had heard of it. Nobody, and that was 2016. So, I mean, I just, I I think maybe with social media, it kind of blew up and marketing. yeah, so there's a story there, right? Okay. Kind of, right? So in 2003, Campari Group, which Campari is like the biggest competitor to Aperol. Right. Okay. Well, don't they own Aperol now? They do, yeah. yeah. In 2003, they bought, they bought Aperol. Yeah. So they bought Aperol and then they dump a ton of money into advertising, which kicked off a surge of popularity in the United States. But again, I don't think it was until 2006 where it like launched and like made it to the United States shores. I'm yeah. sure people smuggled it back with them. Sure. And look, I mean, that's not too far-fetched. There there are things, although it's it's really, when I was younger, like in the early 2000s, a book came out, talked about the world being flat. And it was talking about just our ability to communicate with people like anywhere in the world. Right. And I always thought to myself later years that the world is becoming flat when it comes to food and wine. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a little kid, my mom eventually got into the travel business, your grandmother mm-hmm. <laughs> got into the travel business. And she would bring back things from Europe, like Nutella and gummy bears, things right. I had ne- nobody had seen before here in the United States. All of a sudden in the 2000s, like in, in late 90s even, it started to trickle in, but really hit home in the 2000s where you could get access to really kind of anything. 
moral of the story is it kind of checks out like this didn't make it until here until 2006 where it kind of became a thing, right? Yeah. Okay. In 2018, it's reported Aperol spritzes were consumed heavily on the daily in the Veneto region of Italy, which includes Padua and Venice. 300,000 Aperol spritzes per day. No way. Just (gasps) in that region. That's amazing. Totally. And then 2019-ish, some schmo from the New York Times writes an article about the Aperol spritz and says it's not a good drink. Oh my God, I saw that. Yeah, like, okay, so you and tons of people see this. And so Aperol has a heyday with this, (gasps) not because they orchestrated it, because people are like, you're insane. And all like social media backlash, right? And so you got influencers now drinking Aperol spritzes. People are talking about the Aperol spritz. And honestly, I haven't read the article. I'll go back to it. So I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. But just the headline alone, like, what's up I your saw, ass, buddy? I saw you know? that article. I've never scrolled so fast. I was like, that's so irrelevant because that's oh, so I, wrong. I, totally. Like, I don't know why he's or she. I don't know who wrote the article. And this is this is bad research here. But like, seriously, take it easy. Right, the Aperol spritzes. Take it easy. Have a oh seat. Take my. several seats, Belle. Oh my God! Wait, hold on. I just looked it up. Oh shoot! The the thing, the popular Instagram-friendly drink, like a Capri Sun after soccer practice on a hot day. He was probably doing the three parts Aperol, two parts Prosecco. So it was a little like. <laughs> a and little I bet you it glass. was bad Prosecco. Oh, that so it was makes bad Prosecco. Me upset. That yeah. makes me mad. So I, I think I think if I, I read enough of the kind of the, the the bites from the article, don't go hating on the New York Times. No, right? no, I mean, if I read a couple of bites in the article, I think it had to do with poor ingredients, and this goes back to again what I was talking about, like good prosecco matters here. Well, but also Brad, any publicity is good publicity. So there is always that thing where I see articles like that, and I wonder if I always wonder, do they just make articles to start the conversation? Well, I mean, we do love controversy. So there could be there could be a little bit of that, but interesting. Yeah. Also, it does not taste like a Capri Sun. I can confirm. No. <laughs> no, it does not. It is pretty Stop freaking it. far from a Capri Sun. Yes. So, oh my God. Actually, it's not that far. I, I do like a Capri Sun. <laughs> I've dabbled. At least I remember I've, I've I did. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had one. I've dabbled. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So here's where it gets even crazier. All right, check this out. So that's 2019 sales sales kind of take off, right, for Aperol. And clearly they were doing just fine in Europe, right, at 300,000 just in a single region in Italy, 300,000 Aperol spritz. That's crazy. Day. That's insane. I've had a dollar for every Aperol spritz. All you right. could have 300,000. <laughs> a day. Hey. All right. In Q1, which is January, February, March of 2022. 2022? 2022. It's Listen recent. Up. Uh-huh. Aperol sales grew by 72%. Uh, 72%. Now, a lot of that has to do with restaurants and bars opening up, but even more of it has to do with the fact that Aperol announced it was going to raise its prices and people rushed to the liquor store or the bottle shops to stock up on Aperol. No way. It wasn't an outrageous amount. 
Not like our friends at Chartreuse, holy crap, $20 or $30 more later, right? Oh, darn it. I'll still buy it. Oh, I'm still buying it. I mean, again, it's like, I, I can just. What are you going to do? Not? Yeah, right? Come on. You got to have Chartreuse. Yeah. In your cabinet. Yeah, I might not share it, but I'm <laughs> no, buying it. I'll charge people to drink it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tip the bartender, please. Tip the bartender. All right, so they raise prices. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. In Q1 of this year, 2023, January, February, March. So they already grew by 72% Jesus. the previous year. They grew by another 20% this year. That's insane. And that has a lot to do with the White Lotus. I can see that. And the shift in the way people are drinking because, okay, not me. I still love a good cocktail and a, and a, and a heavy hitting cocktail. But if you think about it, you can drink a number of Aperol spritzes. I mean, I'm literally on my fourth one now. <laughs> oh, Brad, you're going to get me fired up on a conversation. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, uh, you can you can drink a number of Aperol spritzes and hang just fine. And and people seem to be shifting more towards lower ABV. Not all. There we and go. By the way, you don't have to. Uh huh. But that's the key word. I knew there's a conversation. There's a big conversation to be had there. I'm calling it low ABV. Low ABV is such an underrated category and such an important one, especially for drinks like the Aperol spritz. It's going to be the new wave. But I'm telling you. We're going to start to see it, I want to say, in two years from now, max, on menus of a low ABV section on the menu. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. If you're going to go out for brunch or you're going to go out for lunch and you're going to start day drinking. Yep. Cocktails? Heavy. Aren't the thing you're going no. to do because, I mean, you can have three cocktails and be taking a nap, right? Beer, I get filled up on beer. I'm not, well, I've never really liked beer. I. I, mean, I shouldn't say I don't like it. I like it. I'll drink it. It's not the first thing I go for, mm -hmm. right? Because it just, I don't know. I just, I get bloated from beer. I get really full. Yep. Seltzers, the malt liquor hurts my stomach. Right. You give me a Pimm's cup. I love a Pimm's cup. You give me an Aperol <sighs> spritz. I'll drink an Aperol spritz. Okay. Americano, Garibaldi. I mean, the list, it goes and goes. And it's like. Cure Royale. Yeah. So we, I wanted to go out with my girlfriends and. I had a cocktail at dinner and we were going to one more bar and I was driving and I was like, I, I, I can't get, get another cocktail, but I want to enjoy and sit back and have a drink. I asked the bartender, I saw Campari, and I said, can you make me an Americano? And he was like, what is that? And I, I talked, Whoa. I know. And I talked to him about it. It's Campari soda water. And he was like, yeah, for sure. I can do that. And I, I just sat there. I sipped on that. I was mm -hmm. so happy with that. And I felt comfortable. I just had like the low ABV wave, I'm telling you, is going to be here because the non-alcoholic wave is here and it is flying. And that's going to stay around, I think, for a long time. But the low ABV, I think, is a new category that people are going to start to step into. And it's fun. Here's something interesting for you. Right. I think Aperol is like 11%. It's lower. Yeah. ABV, Campari is 24%. So to convert that to proof, we're talking about 22 proof versus 48 yep. proof. So Campari's got a bit more, kind of a heavier glove when it swings at you, where Aperol has got like a little soft, like cartoony white glove where it just kind of bats you in the face a little bit. No, it doesn't really hit you that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, okay, what would I rather have? A mimosa 
or an Aperol spritz. I'm sorry, the Aperol spritz. Totally, yeah, because the mimosas get a little sickly too after a while because honestly, and this is like this is a crime, but it's not. Ingredients. If you use good champagne for a mimosa, they're great. If you're serving me mimosas with cheap prosecco, I am going to get yeah, and like yeah, like fresh squeezed is all. Seriously, if you haven't had a mimosa with proper champagne and fresh squeezed orange juice, you haven't had a mimosa. Right. Mimosas with pre-squeezed, out-of-the-container orange juice and cheap, sweet Prosecco. Like, they're just, I don't know. They See, get Brad, to be I've a had much. too many bottomless mimosas. I'm scarred for life, I think, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do yeah. it. Oh, I'll, I mean, believe me, if, if someone's like, hey, you want a mimosa? I'm like, hell yeah. And if it's made with the cheap stuff, I'm not going to be like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna pay for it. <laughs> right. Right. But if somebody hands it to me, I'm at their house, yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna drink that. You know? Yeah. Can you make an Americano for me? Yeah, no, I I uh Oh, see, yeah. And you know what? That's a safe bet too. Cause if you're gonna drink like an Americano or even like a an Aperol and soda, those I, I've you know, yeah, I've had chartreuse and soda, by the way, is delicious, but a little soda water and your favorite liqueur. Well, I was just gonna say that chinola. That passion fruit liqueur, add maybe three quarters of an ounce splash to soda water. Oh my God, come on. You can sip on those all day long at the beach. So I'm telling you, I got excited because I've been feeling this wave and I think it might be personal, but that's why I got excited because you're saying this is, I think the low ABV is such a, it's going to become more and more popular. Which yeah, is no, you're feeling the wave and people are writing about it. So it's- It's like it's a, a tsunami's coming and I'm seeing the water recede. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that visual. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless, unless you've been in a tsunami, then you don't love that visual. No, <laughs> that's actually one of my worst fears. So mm. a little irrational. Mine's being buried upside down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird. <laughs> Something about not being able to move my arms and stuff and being buried and suffocating. Oh. It just, I. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Different fears, different fears for different <laughs> folks. <laughs> so, you know, we're all scared of something. I'm scared of bad Prosecco. Yeah. We all should be scared of bad Prosecco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's headache, scarring. Headache juice. Yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. I think we like, you get like a lot of tips for your listening I coin know. today. I'm going to, I'm going to run through those tips quick so we don't take right. any more of everybody's time. But, um, Let's get there. All right, let's do it. Let's round it out. All right, I'm gonna keep our tip section short and sweet a little bit because I'm no expert and I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I'm just (laughs) trying to help educate those who are a little bit timid to the Amaro family. I myself have recently ventured in, so I understand why there might be some hesitation towards dabbling. But I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of an entry conversation, which is your tip to Amaro's. Aperol is part of the Amaro family. One of the things, one of the tips I kind of wanted to give people is, is what is Amaro? And through my research, what I found is that Amaro is made by macerating herbs, roots, flowers, bark, citrus peels, gentian, if you will, because I I know how to say that now. Nice. Uh Uh-huh. 
Uh, it's macerated, all those, whatever it is, every brand will have its own recipe and special concoction of measurements, uh, but it's macerated in alcohol, either a neutral spirit or wine. I saw a lot of like a, a brandy type wine and it has the sugar syrup added to it. And it's also another point with the Amaro, which I thought was very interesting, is that the mixture, once it has the sugar added, it's aged in casks or bottles. So that's very interesting with the, with the flavors. So that's how Amaro is made. And I think that that's a really, it's, a, it's good to know because you understand that why Aperol, perfect example, it has rhubarb as one of its ingredients where Capoletti probably doesn't, or maybe it does and it's not as much. So there's a lot of different ways that you can make Amaros with different flavors, spices, things like that, that, that change the recipe. But the basis of Amaro flavor-wise is it's bitter and it's sweet. And I say sweet because the sweetness really, it, it varies, right? Aperol is a lot sweeter than Campari. So if you don't like super bitter, go with the Aperol route because that's gonna be both bitter but also sweet comparatively. So if you're just getting in, I would always recommend start with that Aperol. That's a great entry level. This is a perfect cocktail to, to kind of get you into the Amaro space. But with that, I, I'm telling you what Amaro is. And I think the perfect way to get you excited and curious to try is to give you some bottles to try in the two categories. And I say the two categories because to be completely honest with you, Brad, I, there's there's Campari and there's Aperol that people know most. And I think if you're going to start to branch out, let's, let's try to give you some options that are in those two that you can go off of. So for Aperol, here are three brands that you can try that, that I recommend. I, there's a lot out there again. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But for Aperol, I recommend Contrato Apertivo, there's Select Aperitivo, which actually, if you go to Italy, you'll see the Select brand. It's very popular there. And then Galliano Aperitivo actually has, oh. I know, I know. And it, it is, it's sweeter too, which is why I think it's very similar to that Aperol comparatively to Campari. I mean, we're talking about the tall triangle bottle, yes. right? Yes. That's for a Harvey Wallbanger. Love. Love the Harvey Wallbanger. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have an yeah, aperitivo. I don't want to this. Yeah, but but it's like that beautiful pinkish red hue. Mm. Galliano aperitivo. So then for Campari, there's three brands. Capoletti is one of them. Grand Classico is one, and the Maletti Bitter is one. And Brad, it's funny that you said that about Capoletti because you use it in sub for Aperol, which you can do, and I like but you said it was more bitter. And that's why I kind of put it in that Campari because it is a little bit more yeah, bitter. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Right? Yeah, it it, defla- it, it reminded me more of, and it's funny because I was talking to the, the gent at Violet Wine and I'm like, hey, you got anything? Like I'm looking for an Aperol or, or something like an Aperol. And he's like, oh, he's try Capoletti. And so, and then tasting, I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on the more bitter side. So, right. I mean, I guess you could throw those two in the same category, but you're right. If you want to say sweet versus bitter, I think you're spot on, Jules. And then there's there there are so so there's a lot of other brands out there that you should try, and there's a lot of cocktails that are specific for these cocktails. Chenar is, I think, a happy medium between the bitterness of Campari and the sweetness of Aperol. But there's mm-hmm. brands like Amaro Montenegro, Amaro Nonino, Faccio Bruta does one that's a fantastic Amaro. Don't be scared of Amaro, and please, please, please try them because they are so delicious. And each each bottle and each brand is so unique that it 
should be enjoyed. And if you hate it, then you know what? You can write me a strong worded email and I will apologize, but I have a feeling you will find a use for them and make it delicious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my tips. Those are my tips for the Amaro right, category. Good tips. Yeah, what, anything to add, Brad? Nope. I just noticed though that I have three bottles of Aperol in my uh, collection. Clearly I need to organize. Wow. And everybody remember, two parts Aperol. Right, Brad? Yeah, two parts. Brad. Cheers, Jules, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.